For the past 30 years, Francis Mays has been a cultural emissary connecting Americans with Italy. It all started with her now classic book, Under the Tuscan Sun. In her latest book, See You in the Piazza, Francis describes exploring the untouristed side of Italy, and that comes with some great eating. She joins us now on Travel with Rick Steves to look at the joys of eating in Italy. Francis, thanks for joining us. Thank you. One of my favorite subjects. <laughs> Eating in Italy. Two of my favorite subjects yes. put together. And, uh, you know, I get to travel in a lot of countries, and i got to say, there's nothing like cuisine in Italy. What is it about Italian cuisine that just is such a beautiful part of traveling there? Well, it's so varied all over the country. That's what amazes me. The food in Sicily, the food in the Dolomites, they're different, but each region has its own fabulously developed cuisine and comes straight out of the earth. So mm-hmm. everything feels right at home and just as it should be. And eating all over Italy is just such a pleasure. You can even have good meals in the gas stations there. The auto grills, they serve good food. You know, it's that's hard so to find true. a bad meal the in The auto Italy. grill, those um, they've got on the auto, you know, the, the superhighways in Italy, you've got off-ramps on both sides, and then the auto grill is a modern restaurant over the freeway. And uh, the food there is remarkable, and I guess it's a compliment to the Italians that wouldn't eat there if the food wasn't good. That's right. Restaurants don't last in Italy if they're not good. They just go immediately because there's such a high standard of appreciation of food among all the population. It's not just, you know, foodies or Mm -hmm. people who can go to fancy restaurants. Everyone is a forager. Everyone has a garden if they possibly can. Everyone's at the market buying the primo produce and the best little radishes and these little violet artichokes from Calabria. People talk about it. It's fun to hear Italians get into a discussion at the market in the morning over, you know, the, the porcini mushrooms are just fantastic right now, or or yes. the, the white asparagus and so on. Now, for 30 years, yes. you've had a, a sort of a love affair with Italy, but you still spend part of your time in North Carolina and part of your time in Italy. How does your eating experience in Italy affect the way you appreciate food when you're in the United States? We do a lot of Italian cooking here, but we also have a big garden in North Carolina, so We're really into kind of the freshest, you know, and the most organics. I think that carries over to both countries. Yeah. Of all the cuisines in the United States, I happen to think that the Southern is the best. Uh And I grew up in the South, so it's wonderful to cook in both places. And my husband is a wonderful cook. We spend a lot of time in the kitchen. But I, I must say, we were revolutionized by moving to Italy and just realizing how simple food can be and still be good. And the whole key to that, of course, is the primo ingredients that you mm-hmm. can find. So that's kind of revolutionized my thinking about food is that it's worth it to go search for the best bread, the best wine, the best of whatever you can find. And eat with the season, I suppose, is something that we can employ here in the United States with the same gusto that Italians do. Yes, Everyone in Italy is so aware of the seasons. I won't say everyone, but most everyone loves the, you know, the spring brings the little green almonds. And, mm-hmm. um, it's a festival. In the summer, everyone's out. Yeah. It's artichoke time. It's fava beans, you know, and they're just... Yes. Next, yes. Uh, usually fava beans are now, but it's a week late this year, and we can hardly wait until they say it's okay to enjoy the fava beans. Yes, and local, too. I remember... 
asking at the Fruta e Vodura, are, are these plums local? And she said, oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. They're from Castellón mm. del Lago, which is <laughs> five miles away. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. It gives local a, a different sort of sense. Now, in your book, you drop into tiny towns that are, to me, they must be off the, the guidebook radar. I mean, there's no information there. But you always manage to find a good meal. Uh, how do you decide where to eat? Do you have any personal tips that you just can look at a place and, and know if it's going to be a good experience for your meal? I keep a list going all the time when I read travel articles, see restaurants recommended in uh, newspapers. I keep a little running list, but in these towns in CU in the Piazza, their restaurants aren't usually going to be in most right. of those lists. So I kind of follow my nose. I mm-hmm. look at the menu that's posted outside. If it looks kind of old and dusty, you kind of don't want to go in. Mm-hmm. But you can kind of tell something about a restaurant just from, you know, looking at I think you can how tell it's a lot. taken care yeah. of and yeah. is it whatever. family run? Is it popular with the locals or is it trying to advertise yes. for the tourists? The other thing I do is go in the if there's a wine store or a nice grocery store, ask the proprietor, where do you go for dinner on a special night mm-hmm. in this town? If you just say, Can you recommend a restaurant? They might tell you anything, but if you say, where do you go on a special night, you're probably not going to get directed to the tourist restaurant. You're going to get directed to someplace a local person values. Because a lot of local people would be very thoughtful and caringly sending you to a tourist place because they think you want a tourist place with all the cliches exactly. that you can, you know, you can get the the summer dish in the fall or whatever. But if you distinguish where would you go, I think that's a very good tip. Also, Francis, once you sit down, what is your dining strategy for a newcomer to Italian cuisine? Because in Italy, you've got the appetizers, the first course, the second course, the dolce, the sweets. You can eat family style. Uh, You talk about the importance of pasta as being like the national anthem from the food point of view. What is your general dining strategy tips for travelers? I like to order everything, so I'm probably not a good person to (laughs) ask, but... I'm always researching what is the food of this area and what is the history of the food in this area. So I want to try a lot of things. But I will ask the waiter, what is your specialty? I always mm-hmm. want to know that. And um, usually I have from my research a few tips about things I want to try. For instance, uh, walking around in town, I know certain pastries that I know I'm going to want. And so you have a list, I, I, a little hit list of in each region of things you want to try that are most appropriate there. Yeah, I do keep a list, but I also go to the markets and look at what's for sale. Mm-hmm. Like in Puglia, I saw these little gnarly things that look like onions, and I ask what they were because all the women were just buying these things as fast as they could get them. And they turned out to be hyacinth bulbs. Mm very, very valued and only available at a certain time of year. So if you happen on those things, it's so much fun to try them. That's so interesting to me because I'm not that smart and um, curious, I guess, or well-organized with my learning. But you are constantly learning in the market, and then you take it into the restaurant that evening. I love, you wrote in your book something I just want to quote here is about eating the Sunday lunch or the pranzo with dozens of well-dressed Italian families. Uh, And you wrote, 
at uh, La Montanella, the restaurant you're at. It's a soul food time on Sunday, and that means pasta with young nettles, celery, asiago, saddle of rabbit with roasted peppers, grilled guinea hen with bay leaf aromas, and a 17th century recipe for young duck with fruit. The prized prosciutto of the area comes sliced to transparency. Better than it sounds is the little hen of Padua marinated in Aperol spritz. At these lavish Sunday pranzi or lunches, no one's in a hurry. This tradition continues to thrive, and why not? It speaks of our best instincts to gather with those we love and break bread. To bring that much understanding, I guess if you're a cook, you you understand that when you sit down to a meal, but that doubles the experience, I would think, as somebody sitting down to a nice dinner in a restaurant. That was a great meal. Just you reading it made me hungry. Yeah, <laughs> me too. It just sounds wonderful. Yeah, the pranzo is still a big thing. It's Sunday lunch <laughs> in the little towns. People, you know, gather at home with the family. But more and more people go out for Sunday, the big family time, and make a very special event. That night, nobody eats dinner. They might have a slice of pizza or something. But no. right. that <laughs> tradition of the Sunday pranzo, you know, it brings back kind of old Italy. There's still so much Sunday left mm. in these Those, small towns. You know, if you've got, I've got a friend in, in uh, Umbria who's uh, in a slow food club, and their Sunday lunch is just a celebration. And I've had a few beautiful times when I sat down with them, and, and the social dimension of it, and the local tradition, uh, it's just a communion of good living. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Frances Mays, and she's helping us to explore how to cook and eat uh, like they do in Italy right now on Travel with Rick Steves. Her latest book is See You in the Piazza. In in this book, she takes us to dozens of small, out-of-the-way towns, and she includes recipes from some of Italy's most inventive chefs at the end of each chapter. Frances and her husband also share their favorite recipes from Tuscany in the Tuscan Sun Cookbook, Recipes from My Italian Kitchen. Her website is francismaysbooks.com. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. And Kristen's calling in from the Bronx in New York. Kristen, thanks for your call. Thanks, Rick. Hi, hi Francis. Hi. Um, so I want to thank you for um, inspiring me for my own adventure living overseas in Italy under the Ligurian sun. I lived in Genoa uh-huh. for two years teaching at the international school, and so it was really exciting to hear that Genoa will be in the book. I'd never really cooked until I lived in Italy, and I would just go to the supermarket and just see these beautiful foods and made really simple things, like all that beautiful purple eggplant or just some tomatoes and mozzarella. But I was intimidated by the markets. I wanted to know if you had some advice for going to the markets and the fruit stands. I just, I never really knew what to do. Wow. I I love markets, and I know the people just absolutely love to visit and talk. So... I don't know. I've never felt intimidated there, but I guess just showing appreciation for what they have probably would kind of break the ice. Kristen, what intimidated you in the markets? I never really knew where to begin. I guess the supermarket just seemed very familiar, and in the markets, I just, yeah, mm. I didn't know. I guess like because I'm not, oh, I didn't consider myself a cook at the time. I didn't know like what to put together for a meal. Mm-hmm. Might have felt just overwhelmed by all that is there, and what in the world do I do with it? Mm. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think just 
picking up everything that looks good and taking it home and making big pasta sauce would be a good place to start. But I think it's well worth diving into those markets. Uh, Francis writes beautifully about that in, in Seeing the Piazza. I love the way you talk about the market in Catania and Sicily and all over Sicily especially. There's this chorus of, of merchants barking about what they're selling. And just to stand in the middle and to soak up this cacophony of sound and to think it's all tied to people out, people with small refrigerators tucked under their sink, not a big freezer in the in the garage, but just a tiny refrigerator who want to go to the market every morning to connect with the merchants and to pick up what they're going to serve their family later that day. It's a beautiful ritual, I'd say. It is, and it's just fun to go because it's a medieval remnant of old market days in our town, the Men in their old wool suits still gather and talk. They have not changed. It's, I think, the same men from 30 years ago still standing there talking. I love it. People still come in from the country and with their market bags and do all their shopping. In uh, Volterra, I think it is the some kind of merchants, some guys that had sheep or something like that. They Traditionally, they all met right here, and now they're retired, and they still do that. The market's moved on, but they still do it, and they have that momentum where they've just, this is where they gather, and this is where the conversation and the gossip happens, and as travelers, we can be right there getting in on the, on the fun. Hey, Kristen, thanks for your call, and happy travels. Thank you. Bye. Tom's calling in from Hampton in Virginia. Tom, have you enjoyed any eating in Italy lately? Oh, I certainly have. I was very fortunate. My, we were doing our, our roots, if you will, and my wife has a cousin in the little town of Castellamonte in, um, in Piemonte, just northeast of uh, Torino. And we went and spent a week there. It's a, he has a, a hotel as well as a restaurant. And, oh, my gosh. Hmm. What a fine chef, and uh, the name of the place was uh, Albergo Tre in the little town of Castellamonte. And what was amazing is I don't think they saw any Americans ever before in Castellamonte. Mm. Uh, my wife went into a cheese shop, and uh, the person at the counter said, are you an American? She said, yes. And she said, we never, why are you here in Castellamonte? <laughs> So it was a great time. We, we got to connect with relatives, my wife's cousin, and, uh, and eat some just wonderful, wonderful food. Although I got to tell you, uh, Francis, I am not crazy about finanziera. I don't know if you've ever had that in, oh, uh, in Piemonte. I can't do that one. I have a friend from Torino who loves it. but What is it? It's a dish that has so many peculiar things in it that huh. I just can't. I mean, it's got <laughs> Sweetbreads. Oh, sweetbreads, sweet yeah. Testicles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Italians are good oh. at, at cooking up every little bit of the animal, aren't they? They, oh, certainly, they are. certainly are. <laughs> if you go to an old-fashioned restaurant near the, near the uh, market, uh, you're likely to find some sweet meats on the, on the specials list. Well, you were up in truffle country. Did you have any truffles? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, right. we did. We were there in September. It was just shy of, uh, but we had some. Nevertheless, he had some safe and and uh, it was just, and he also did zabione at, at our table, and uh, that was that was just something to behold. Now, we're talking about Piedmont, or Piemonte. It's famous for its wines. What are the famous wines from Piedmont? Oh, the Barolo. Barolo is probably the best. The Barolo wine, yeah. Yes, I mean, the, that is... All the little wine towns oh. are also castle towns. But it's, it's hard just to, magical. It's hard to put your, like, any marquee site or attraction, so a lot of travelers don't think of going to Piedmont. How would you describe Piedmont, Francis, for people who are considering that region of, of Italy? It's up south of Milano. 
Yes, and near Torino. Right. I mean, Torino is Piemonte. Okay. Um, it's one of the most beautiful regions, and I think some people would say the top place to eat in Italy yeah. is Piemonte, although some would say Emilia-Romagna, some would say Tuscany, but it's up there, very scenic. The vineyards are so cared for, and it's also the area of hazelnut trees. Gorgeous there, place to explore. Chocolate. It's also... Torino's the uh, where Italy was uh, was founded. Well, that would make sense because of its famous for its cuisine. Hey, Tom, we got to run. Thanks for your call. Thank you. Ciao. Ciao. Our guest, Frances Mays, divides her time between her homes in Durham, North Carolina, and her Italian villa in Cortona, made famous in Under the Tuscan Sun. Her book, See You in the Piazza, takes us along on her culinary adventures in the small towns of Italy. It's now out in paperback. Francis, part of Italy, of course, is the freshness of the ingredients. Part of it is the heritage and the terroir. A lot of it is the ambience. I just cannot recreate the ambience in the United States when I go to an Italian restaurant. How would you describe the ideal ambience of your one of your favorite meals in Italy? What is it about it that gives it that unforgettable travel experience? I think it's the people for me. I like a personal contact in the restaurant. I like for things to be lively and friendly. I don't like austere restaurants where you feel like, you know, you might make a mistake or there's a kind of haughty attitude that the food is served in this temple and you Mm. better bow down to Mm. it. (laughs) I really love the trattorias in Italy because they're usually owned by someone who deeply cares about the patrons and about the food, and you have a personal experience. So I would never really get very excited about a place where there wasn't a personal contact. When I think of restaurants, I often first think of the person who served, the person who greeted us at the door, the chef who came out, and Mm. I make it a point when I am eating in restaurants to try to get to know somebody in the restaurant a little bit because... I do want to speak to the chef if I can. I'd like to, you know, know what their philosophy is, where they're from, mm-hmm. where they've studied or eaten, and mm. just enriches the whole process mm. of having dinner to me. That it's in a context of conviviality. Just and listening to you, I'm just all over Italy. I, I love that. It's just that's the essence of it. You nailed it there. The magic ingredient is that is that passion and that love that comes with a family run personality-driven restaurant. Francis Mays, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, thanks for your new book. See you in the piazza. Thank you. Ciao, Rick. Ciao, ciao. Rick Steves teaches smart European travel. At ricksteves.com, you'll find an archive of interviews from his radio show, free audio tours of Europe's top sites, and a world of information to help turn your travel dreams into smooth and affordable reality. Begin your next trip at ricksteves.com.